another show, another day, another you, another me, another us. Okay, let's talk for a sec. So a while back, um, I got an email asking me if I would be willing to be a participant in an article on lesbian parenting. And I thought, wow, you know, I finally someone has discovered my show and wants to use me as a resource because I am a fountain of knowledge about child rearing. When in fact, what happened was good friend of the show, uh, Charlie slash Chuckles, uh, was friends with this girl and uh, was doing me a favor, which still, I mean, I feel like that's something. You know, I mean, the author of the article may not have found me on her own, but Charlie, Charlie did me a favor. It's kind of like a pity date, I guess. I feel like I was so high and I was like texting Sarah. I'm like, oh, you know, this girl found me on iTunes and she wants to do an article about me and parenting. And then I was like, oh, right. Okay. But thanks. You know, chuckles. No, I'm not taking anything away from that. I really appreciate the opportunity and all the rest of it. But it's just funny to watch my ego go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I sat with that fine young lady and uh, we had a meeting at Starbucks of all places, which, which I feel is very parent friendly. And I felt really bad for her because I don't know if you know what it's like to interview me or, or anything. Really, I don't give direct answers and I don't feel like I give good answers. But she polished up most of what I said into a, basically a cohesive article. I mean, something she kind of misquoted by accident. Like I said, children are a mirror. They're a reflection of you. And she wrote, children are a miracle. They're a reflection of you, which I mean, kind of makes whatever. Anyway, so if you want to read that, go to outwards.ca. It's an art. It's a outwards is a, you know, basically a gay newspaper for fags and dykes. And, uh, they write about all kinds of gay stuff, and their special this month is parenting, so enter moi. They also interviewed uh, Charlie slash Chuckles' girlfriend, Casey, on being a stepmom. So you should read that as well. I'm sure there's other shit in it, but really, Casey and I are the most important articles in that whole thing. So if you're interested, I will post a link to that on the change of address Facebook fan page that no one likes and no one checks, because I don't do anything with it, because I don't want to. And it's so cute to see Electric Gary and Dory Just Dory from the Tangent Lounge podcast that's currently being hosted by moi on my feed. That's right, I said the Tangent Lounge. They can also be found at the Tangent Lounge on Twitter. And they have a the Tangent Lounge fan page on Facebook, which already has more likes than I do, which I'm not, I am not jealous about. No, I'm not. I'm being very supportive. But it's really cute to watch them because when I first started podcasting, like, oh, fuck, five years ago? Holy. Is that right? Yeah, it'll be, I'm coming up on my second year anniversary on my very own show. So maybe five and a half years ago. Um, when we first started, oh, man, was I excited and so gung-ho and we were going out and I'd go to the gay bar and pass out these cards about the podcast and... Uh, we had this really cool guy print us up stickers and we had contests all about that show. And it was so cute. <laughs> and now I see how excited Electric Gary and Dory are about their show. And it, it it's it's really fun to watch because I just feel like I've been at this so long and I know what podcasting is all about. And it's a really quiet audience, I find. 
And but when you get something, it's really, you know, meaningful. It's not like you get 10,000 emails a day. I don't care who you are, you're fucking lying. I don't care how big your show is. If you're if you're getting literally getting 10 emails per day from your listeners, I call bullshit. Um, because podcast listeners are a silent bunch. They're very devoted. They're very consistent. They look for your show. They'll they'll take good care of you financially if you're good. And uh, they're appreciative, but they don't always chime in. So what are you going to do? Um, anyway, so if you're listening from that Outwards uh, article, which I highly doubt because I know every tech-savvy lesbian in the city, they're already listening. And the other ones are at home, I'm sure, in their kitty cat sweatshirts and their bowl of Doritos asking each other what a podcast is. And neither one of them know. And then I'm dead in the water. So it doesn't really matter. But just in case you're coming from that, hi, nice to see you. Drop me a line, friend me on Facebook. Uh, this show is going to be pretty fertility heavy. Um, so I'm going to kind of rehash everything. And then I've got a little segment from Sarah and I in the car. And uh, so just if you're not into sperm and eggs, I mean, who isn't, you know, but if that's not your bag, <laughs> bag, <laughs> our sperm comes out of <laughs> Okay, anyway, if that's not your bag, you might just want to skip this one. But listen a little bit longer. Or maybe could you play it all the way through and just put your headphones down so my numbers still look good to me? Could you do that for me? I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay, so the saga began many moons ago, several pounds ago, several pant sizes ago for me. I uh, conceived my young son, my handsome, wonderful boy, with donor sperm. And how we did it was we got sperm shipped to, you know what, if you want to hear about it, listen to my Return to Sender podcast somewhere around uh, April 2010, give or take, I would start looking around there, maybe March. If you want to hear my pap spare episode, uh, that's in February sometimes called Pap Goes the Bull. Have a listen to that. It's uh, a real, real piece of work there. Um, anyway, go listen to that, Return to Sender, check it out. And uh, so... Um, we basically, the Coles Notes version, uh, picked a donor online, had freeze-dried sperm sent to a hotel room, jacked it up my hee-haw, three tries later, I was pregnant. So I feel like, I mean, at the time it was like, it felt like I was just never going to get pregnant and then it just happened. And I'm quite blessed, actually. Um, I mean, it was still expensive, but it happened relatively quickly. And we tried the same with Sarah and, oh, sorry, no, we didn't try the same with Sarah. We went to a fertility clinic with her because we wanted to maximize um, the four vials of Malcolm's donor that we had left and they didn't work. And then we were like, okay, well, I mean, so our kids won't be biologically related. I mean, it was very important to me a long time ago and it's just not to me at all anymore now. Like, don't get me wrong. If any more of his donor would come up, I would jump on it in a heartbeat, but I don't really care anymore. I feel like watching, I mean, I forget sometimes that Sarah's not related to Malcolm. I forget. And watching, she forgets too. She's like, that's just my son. Like, and I just, doesn't even occur to me really. It's so stupid or awesome, depending on, you know, mom jeans can't talk. Um, my mom jeans are cutting off the circulation to the blood that should be flowing to my brain because the curve tech, you know, the curve, curvy technology is a little flawed or I'm a little too fat, whatever. Having said that, having said that, um, and watching Sarah's family and Sarah's parents, how much they love Malcolm and the blood relation literally means nothing. It doesn't matter. So basically it's basically like we're adopting each other's, uh, biological kid. And I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. 
I'm really excited to get her pregnant, but it's been a long road. So we exhausted the four vials in the States and then we came back to Canada and we went to the clinic here and they do this thing where they shoot dye through your fallopian tubes to make sure your tubes are clear. It's kind of like a, a rudimentary thing to rule out that as a possibility of why, of why you're infertile. And they did that test, all came back fine. Sarah goes back on, she goes for her first time on fertility meds, which is letrozole. And basically what that does is it stimulates your follicles so you make more eggs because basically I think per egg you have a 25% chance of conception. There's a lot of fucking stuff that has to happen to conceive a child. It really is a miracle, like a straight up, how the fuck does that even happen ever? Never mind the 16 year old who gets pregnant the first time. Like I, it's just a miracle to me. Um, so she goes on the medication. She goes for an internal ultrasound, which basically means he sticks a magical ultrasound wand into her hoo-hoo. And uh, lo and behold, he's like, oh, you have endometriosis. And she's like, I come again now? Huh? Hamana? What the fuck are you talking about? So she was kind of in shock. And he said, well, you know, we'll proceed with the in insemination, but this is going to need to be treated. And the whole time she was sitting in the room waiting for the doctor to come in to, her, to do her ultrasound, staring at the most disgusting poster of all this necrotic, black, dead-looking tissue. And all of that, that poster was all different stages of endometriosis. And now she had what was on the poster, essentially. So she texted me, uh, I have endometriosis. And I've given her shit about this several times. I feel that having endometriosis warrants a phone call. So, I mean, I know... We're living in an age of the text message, but some things still warrant a phone call. So I called her and she was upset and she was crying. And you know what? As anyone would be, and it's totally, totally makes sense. And I tried to comfort her, yada, yada, yada. We went ahead with that insemination, which of course did not work. And then we had to wait, man, months and months and months and months. I can't even remember when that was. She had her surgery in June, I think. And we just went in oh when was that i think it was in august <clears throat> pardon me to do her post-op appointment and she had she had like endometrius endometriosis like lesions all over like on her on her bowel on her bladder because i think it's like blood like your period blood just kind of spurts out everywhere and kind of just disperses into your torso like it'll it'll attach itself to whatever it just kind of it's like there's the blood kind of like pokes through the top like it doesn't all come out the cervix some of it goes out the top and through your tubes and kind of gushes around and uh so when we went for her post-op appointment the doctor was like he called it chocolate blood i think it's it's just like old blood so he said she had a lot of it in her fallopian tubes and he cleaned it all out and he um took off her endometrioma, which is kind of like a bigger cyst and took off all the other cysts and cleaned her. He did the best he could. He said after, after a while they ran out of time and he just had to concentrate on what was really going to help her get, like he couldn't keep sh cutting shit off of her bladder if he needed to get the stuff that was attached to her fallopian tube. So he said he repaired them. He cut everything off. She's good to go. And we're both getting kind of older. Uh, Sarah will be 35 in January and I will be 36 very shortly. And uh, we feel the clock is ticking. And uh, yeah, that's really bad when you're in a relationship with two women and two biological clocks are going. <laughs> it's really awesome. And he said um, that 
they can do shots. Like, I think it's called Luprin. To cyst- Basically what it does is puts you in a premature menopause to stop the t- cysts from growing back. And then you do that for three months, and then you have to wait another two months for um, your ovaries to kind of wake up again and function again. And, oh, pardon me, pardon me. And uh, I was like, man. And he said, but, and I was like, okay, there's a but. This could be a good but. And uh, I can see Sarah's very pale, and she looks very upset. And uh, and then I, I look at her, and I pat her hand, and I was like, there's a but, there's a but. Just wait, there's a but. Stay tuned. And he said, but the literature I have read doesn't say that doing that increases your chances any more than trying three consecutive cycles in a row after your surgery. And he says, I think we should do three cycles in a row. And if that doesn't work, it's probably just not going to work. And we're going to have to move to IVF. And I don't know if it was the IVF talk that made Sarah cry, but um, I think she was just kind of computing everything. And when she gets stressed out, uh, she cries. And I was, I was like rubbing her hand and I'm like, no, it's okay. What he's saying is great. This is really good news. We don't have to wait. And she's like, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. And I was like, no, we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. We can try next month. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll get you a prescription here for some letrozole and you guys can try. And, uh, it was really sweet because Sarah had smiled through her tears and she was happy and excited to start again. And, uh, on, on his way out, she thanked him, um, for being so nice to her before the surgery. And he was kind of Sheldon, you know, a little Asperger-y, which is probably why he's such a phenomenal doctor. But he was like, you know, I like to leave my mask off because you don't know anyone in there. And we're all just a bunch of different pairs of eyes. And he's like, I like to comfort my patients and let them know I'm here for them. And I'm a familiar face and I can give comfort that way. So that's why I like to do that. And she's like, well, just thank you so much. And she's all emotional. And like, I'm getting emotional, but I'm trying to keep my shit together because someone's got to be fucking sane. And he left the room and we had a good hug and, uh, we were just psyched. It's like, okay, let's order that sperm. Let's make this shit fucking happen. And we did. And it came. And, uh, and it came and we tried and it didn't work. And, um, we're trying again. We just tried again and we went in and I've got... I've got a clip for you that I'm going to play now and it'll tell you all about the insemination and the activities that happened. But I want to preface this entire clip. You can hear it in my voice, how afraid I am of my soon to be fiance or whatever. Oh my God, I have to buy a ring. Do you have any money I can borrow? Seriously, do you have any? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just, I want you to hear it because when I listen back to it, it's like I'm kind of like hiding in a corner. Uh, Mentally, I'm afraid of this woman. So she's on letrozole. And I don't, she'll never listen to this. And she's not here to defend herself. So I really like that aspect of this whole conversation I'm having with you right now. She's usually pretty chilled out. She takes a lot of my bullshit. She doesn't really laugh at me anymore unless I'm prancing around with my jeans hiked up to my boobs. That she finds funny. But for the most part, I think she's just tolerating me at this point, And that's about that. But when she's on letrozole, she develops like a really dull headache. And last time around, this last time, the time in question of the clip I'm about to play you, she um, was mean. She was mean. 
And I'm usually mean. That's usually what I do. And I was like, okay, because I'm trying to be an adult. And after having deal with a three-year-old, that can also be mean. I've learned that you, you gather more flies with bullshit than you do with anything else. So problems would present themselves. And I think she just had a headache for like five days. And I don't know what it does to your fucking hormones and the mood swings and all this shit. But I was afraid of her. So I was trying to diffuse situations and I was doing it successfully. And it's funny because in this clip you're about to hear, when we, when you hear it, remember that when we were in the Home Depot, I diffused the situation and she said to me, why are you being so rational? She's like, there was a problem and then you solved it. And I said, check out my hook while the DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. Too cold. Too cold. That's what I said. Um, so in the clip, she's like combative, right? You'll hear it. She, she's basically, um, doing everything within her power not to choke me unconscious and you can hear it. And I'm, it's, things are okay now. There was no domestic violence, but I was just kind of like in the car. I was like, wow, we just fucking had this conversation and you told me I was reasonable. I didn't just invent that I was reasonable. And even later that night, she commented again about how I was like being really good at diffusing problems. And I was like... Um, why didn't you say that in the clip then? Because in the clip, she's like, well, I don't, I just found it embarrassing that you, you felt that I was, you know, out of control. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. S sweetheart, I love you. I love you so much, sweetheart. I love you so much. Okay. So I'm going to play that clip now and, um, just, just pray that she doesn't listen to the show, please. I want to live. I want to live. Okay, it started now, so if you could not, not be so I yell at you all the time. If you could just... Well, get it together, Sandra. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a whole preamble before this about what we're talking about, so we can just, we can just talk, you know, we can just, just be us and, like, live life. Okay. Okay. So, what'd you do today? <laughs> so, I got up really early on a Sunday morning to go see the doctor. Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's not even the right, isn't it Monday morning? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were making a parody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I went with it, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's start with yesterday. Yesterday you peed on a stick. And I got a happy face. Which means your egg is ready to drop. Right. So then I had to call the clinic doctor on call and he said, be there at 8.30 bright and early. And so we were, weren't we? And we then were. we waited for an hour and 20 minutes. Do you find it weird? Like, I always look around and I'm like, okay, what's wrong with you guys? Like, it's obvious what's wrong with us, you know? Right. But then when you see, like, heterosexual couples, it's like, hmm, I don't know why. Is that terrible? I'm like, I, every time I look at the guy, I'm like, you've jerked off in a cup already, I bet. That's, yeah, right? That's why you're here? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or, or maybe it's women like me, right? Yeah, if I had known you were barren and, like, allergic to the sun, I don't know that I would have made this commitment. But you know what? Honestly, I'm wow. using you to get to your parents. Okay. That's really weird, right? Um, I really like your parents. I really good. do. And when I told some of my friends that they were taking us to Paris, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, my in-laws got me a pot of gold. <laughs> I was like, well, it sucks to be you then. Yeah, it's a really bad chocolate. Too. Yeah, I know. It's not even like a nice no, chocolate. No, like, that's when I knew I was an adult. That's when, when I realized, you know when, you know, they don't actually like you when they get a pot of gold. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or they don't have taste taste buds. Anyway, right. fuck. I um, yeah, I digress. Right. Okay, okay, so we get the, we get up, we get Malcolm up. 
ship them off to your parents' house, and then we head to the uh, fertility clinic. Right, okay. Where we wait for a really long time. Okay, so we're outside the door waiting to get in because it's a Sunday, the clinic's not actually open, and one of the nurses, they just say everyone show up at the doors at 8.30 so the nurse can go down once and, and let everyone into the building and go up. Um, so we were there waiting, and there were two other people ahead of us, and then at the last minute this one girl and guy come running up and they just sort of make it in the door. Okay, great. So we all go upstairs on the same elevator. We all enter the clinic doors on the at the same time and then everyone sort of lines up in the same order at which they appeared waiting at the front doors. Like first come, first, first serve. First come, yeah. And then you kind of sign in, okay? And then that's how it works. Um, so we were third right. to get there. Yeah. And I... And, uh, yeah, the fourth girl who ran in just in the time, she went ahead of me. Yeah. And, and I was, like, really upset in my head. But I was I'm mad, too. But I'm truly Canadian and didn't say a thing. But I thought, fuck you, bitch. I was here first because you got out of the elevator before me. You get to go in to see the doctor before me. Um, so I got really upset in my head, but I didn't say anything. Yeah, but she had a face, though. So I kind of feel yeah, like yeah, she, she needed that in her life because her boyfriend was a big loser and he's probably shooting blanks and her face. She had, like, what's worse than rusting bitch face? Like, perma-cunt face? Because that's what she had. <laughs> she was just like, mm. And then the smug look on her face when she went and sat down. She was like, nah, I know. I'm third. I mean, it turns out they were there for ultrasounds and we were there for an insemination. So it didn't matter. I didn't really need to sign in because my procedure is different. It takes longer. So but she didn't year. know that. No, no, she didn't know what we were there for. She I just, could have she been there for an you. ultrasound. So, yeah, she was, she was a total dick and, you know... When I relive the experience in my mind, I actually say something to her and then I slap her in the face. Oh, I like that about you. Your yeah. egg has made you angry. It's I'm an angry, angry egg. I have little patience with yeah. you. <laughs> I, I know, but like less than usual. And I, it's really weird because I, I feel like I'm becoming more reasonable. I know, because you know I'm like really I'm afraid fiery. Of you. I am fiery fucking terrified today. of you right now. Because you were on that letrozole, which can kind of make you a little bit moody. Not No offense to you personally. But I feel I like... It's really emotional. I would cry at that. Oh, God. I feel like I've spent the last two weeks... Like, you know when someone's house is getting broken into and their back is against the wall and they're slowly kind of creeping along the wall to avoid making any noise? Okay. Okay. I, it, right. Okay. That's yeah. a little extreme, I think. You think, I'm yeah. not that difficult. Yeah. Okay. For, to you. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel like it's been going on for two weeks and I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm hopeful that for the next 10 months I will be creeping along the wall as silently as possible. Just remember that when I was pregnant, I took out all of my rage on, uh, two, two men. So I just want you to keep that in mind that uh, I didn't bring my aggression home. I took it out on my coworkers. I feel like you're kind of on a day to day level though. You can be super bitchy. It's like too early in the morning. You're too tired. You're too hungry. It's it's seven. I have to shit. Yeah. Right. Like, and you can be really harsh with me, and I, you know. So this is an airing of grievances. So well, your egg is. I me. guess. I guess. Like usually, um, I might walk away, or I'll be like, okay, fine, you know. But then I'll kind of walk away from you. But lately, I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna be a fucking bitch, I'm Whoa. gonna be one right back to you. Ah. Like we Ooh. were just in the store just now, yeah. and you were like sighing and checking your I, phone. You know what? We were there for like 32 seconds. We Bullshit. literally just arrived. And what did I say to smooth it over? What well, did I? Do? Okay, yeah, we're that's... looking for these fucking hooks to keep the curtains o away from the door, like away from the window. To open. Like so, you keep hook the open. curtain around this 
hook thing <laughs> so that they stay open and the, the blinds aren't just willy-nilly. Yeah, and we had just gotten to the store, or to the section. But to me, like... it was like, okay, you didn't like the four things that they had at Home Depot. And look, we went and bought sperm today. We had, a, we had an artificial insemination, and we're at Home Depot all within the span of three hours. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about the insemination. I know, we're getting oh, there. God. Anyway, so you got mad because I knew, I realized that, like, there's four hooks here. We're not buying anything here, so let's get the fuck out of here. Like, that's, in my mind, it's like, okay, let's go somewhere else because we're on a limited time uh, budget. Well, I wanted to, like, look at it because I'm a whole foot taller than you, and I can hardly see it. It was on the very bottom row, and I needed to bend over to look at it, and then you were like... <sighs> And then you looked at your phone. Because I was and like, then I she was doesn't like, like them. Why are we still here? Like, move on to the next thing. That's what I felt like. Because you didn't, I knew you didn't like them. And you touching them or looking closer isn't going to make you like them. Because you're like, oh, those are really big. So I thought, okay, well, we're not getting anything here. Where are we going next? So in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's go to Rona then. Like, that's where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to get mad about it, right? You were mad. Okay, that's not good phrasing. Love, I'm afraid I, of you. I love in retrospect, you're like, I was so reasonable in my head that I really thought that you didn't like them, so I was gonna think we could go to Rona and everything. That's not at all. You were That's just what was in annoyed. my head. Well, I just I knew we weren't getting them, so why are we still here? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, well, we're not getting these. Let, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right, forget it. I'm, you know, I don't even want, I don't even <laughs> want to do this anymore. Anyway, just kidding. But okay, so then we solved that problem, right? Did, but didn't I say, wouldn't you like to go to Rona? Yeah. You're not even participating anymore. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. This is fun. This is great. Everyone gets to. <laughs> this took a turn. I don't know what happened. Are you? Can we can we make this up? Yeah. Can we, fix, can we write a wrong? So what do you want to talk about? Oh God, you're bad. The insemination. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just feel like we don't have very much time left, so... Well, I'm just going to stop for five minutes so we can talk about the insemination, and then we'll... Okay. Okay, so what happened? We uh, we went there, we sized up the catcher's mitt face lady, right? And then we ended up going last anyway. So yeah. we got there at 8.30, and they didn't defrost uh, the sample until 9.40? It was 9.40 when yeah. I... Yeah, when he was ready. Yeah, so we, we went into his little office, and uh, it's it's a very, it's got a lot of really big open windows. Which it's on kind the of, seventh floor of a tall building. Yeah. But it's not surrounded by tall buildings, because we're in the prairies, of course, so... I'm just going to turn down here. Everything's okay, really flat around that area. Um, so, yeah, it's not like you're surrounded by other big office buildings, so you feel like people are looking into you, but, like... You know, several miles away, you can see there's a hotel and other places with lots of windows and you're, like, getting changed to go on the table with the stirrups and stuff. And it's just a little weird. Like, it's, like, um, kind of on display. So you went over and you dropped the blinds down for me so I could have a little bit of privacy. And that's when uh, the doctor came in and he was hilarious. What did he say? I said to him, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just closing these just, just for a second, like, just till we're done here, and then I'll put them back how they were. And he's like, oh, no. Uh, oh, shit, what did he say? He's like, oh, come on, you guys. We get royalties from the hotel there. They get a show. They all have binoculars and telescopes in each room so they can look into this office building. We get the royalties from that and then watch YouTube tonight. And he just, <laughs> he went off um, over and over again just poking fun at it. It was hilarious, actually. It made me really relaxed, because I was laughing out loud, because he's just this little tiny Asian guy, 
um, really tiny man, just so tiny, and he looks very serious. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Bing, pam, boom, pong." Don't you mean the... Ching Chong? No, I didn't. Chang? I meant like with his zingers, his yeah. zingers. Yeah, so anyway, he he did the insemination like super quick, really painless, and all my other ones have hurt tremendously. Yeah, just to um, rehash that, I heard the doctor say, I need you to cough so I can grab your cervix. That No one needs to hear those words. Ever. That was the last time yeah. I had it done. But yeah. this time... And I liked how this doctor let me hold the, the cup of sperm, and he's like, tell those boys and girls to swim fast. Yeah. I really liked him a lot. Yeah, he was really nice. And then he made a joke about how he didn't even work there. <laughs> yeah. He said he watched the procedure on, on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're spending a lot of time on YouTube he there. He said they were short doctors, so he thought he could come in and help out. <laughs> that was awesome. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, it was really quick, and we laid down for another 10, 15 minutes after that and left. And we realized as we left that all the windows from the outside of the building are, like, mirrored. Yeah. So you, so you can't see actually see inside at all anyway. Oh, and he told, he told us about when they first opened up that they, it used to be an office building, and then they... Or, an off, like, the floor used to be offices, and then they had the inseminations there and the window cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they, they didn't think to schedule the cleanings till after office hours. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they looked up, and a woman's, you know, getting inseminated, and the, the window cleaner's there. And he's like, well, if we did that every day, we'd have the cleanest windows in town, because they'd never, they'd never want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good times. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a good time, good procedure. Feel, Feel good about it. Feeling lucky, feeling good, feeling lucky that it was painless, and he was just really nice. Usually, I leave kind of crying practically because it hurts so much. Yeah, last time was really rough, but I like how your egg is like really. I feel like it's really assertive. You know what I mean? I feel like it's it's gonna be. You're changing your tune. Before you were like, your egg's really angry and well, bitchy. But hey, now wait, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Assertive. No, you know what? You know why? Why? Because you're a woman, so I used angry and bitchy. If you were a man, I'd say you were assertive. See what I did there? See uh, what I did there? Yeah. You're... Wow. <laughs> God. I should have done this by myself. Jeez, you're just kind of mean. I take the assertion back. You're just kind of not even... Anyway. So do you think your eggs are like, Hello? Is it me you're looking for? Yeah, I think so. Little Lionel. All right. Anything else you wanna do? You wanna put me down, or you want any other area airing of grievances you'd like to share? Any anything I feel else like annoying? You were putting me down. <sighs> That's <laughs> where are we putting each other down? It's not like I was just putting you down. I'm I'm obviously being verbally abused. 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 You're ver- very verbally abused. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Okay, I can I can uh, I can make this. Okay, I love you. Don't 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 hate me. Okay. Please don't kill me in my sleep if you're pregnant. I won't. I'll need your help. Right. When the baby comes. So I'll keep you around. Okay. All right. Deal. Okay. Bye. Okay, so did you hear it? Did you hear her trying not to kill me? I, I heard it. I mean, I love this woman, and I'm really glad that she tolerates me. I'm really glad about that a lot. Um, so that try felt really lucky, felt really great. Um, it did not work. And, um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. Well, we had like on day 10, I don't know if you know anything about fertility, but you count your days past ovulation, right? So on day 10, she had some cramping 
And I thought it might have been implantation cramping, perhaps. And my kid's home now, so he's going to come up here and I'm just going to have to stop doing this. Um, so I thought it was perhaps in implantation cramping because she said it felt like period pains. And believe it or not, period-like symptoms are a huge indicator that you may be pregnant. So I kept checking in on her and she's like not bleeding. And then she has an iPhone 6 Plus, huge screen. And I texted her, how's your vagina? And she wrote back, hey, you know how my phone's really big and it always displays the first line of a text message? And I was like, well, what do you mean? What are you trying to say? So yada, 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 her whole meeting saw me ask her how her vagina was. And I wonder why she doesn't like me. Can't figure it out. Really weird. Really weird. Uh, okay, so yeah, and... Uh, we were going to test on Saturday and Friday night. Uh, her body had her own way of telling her she wasn't pregnant. And uh, it sucks. It sucks watching someone you really care about crumple and be really sad. And it makes me really sad. Because all she wants in the world is to be pregnant. And she's having a hard time. And it sucks. Pretty bad. So, uh, we're, we are on this crazy train again, this awful fucking fertility roller coaster, this awful, expensive, heartbreaking, soul-crushing fertility train. Okay, so I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, she hasn't tried to kill me. She's been very even keeled, no mood swings. Uh, I don't feel any hands around my throat in the middle of the night. And, uh... We'll just have to wait and see. It's back. I'm just ready for her to be pregnant. I'm just really excited for that to happen. And I really don't want it to come down to IVF. Because ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for in vitro fertilization. Man. Okay, well, let's just hope it doesn't get there. Because we still have two more tries. Maybe she'll be pregnant in France. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, that'd be great. Okay, anyway... Thanks for hanging in there with me. I just, uh, I really appreciate you listening and I'm sure you're empathizing on the treadmill or in your fucking shitty Toyota Corolla. I'm sure you're there with us and you're backing us and I'd like to just knock that bitch the fuck up. You know, I'd just love to get her pregnant. Okay. Anyway, so you can find me at changeofaddress69 at gmail.com if you want to send in nothing or a segment or whatever do something don't do anything i don't fucking care i don't need you people I need your pity uh and uh sandra d sanchez on facebook and twitter you can find me there i don't really tweet anything and facebook yeah i think i'm a pretty good facebook friend although you know what the thing about social media is if you constantly ask yourself who cares what i think you'll never use it and i find myself like writing out a stat or stat a status and I'm like well who fucking cares what I'm doing but if you apply that to all social media you'd never use it because no one cares so that yeah beat that Zuckerberg am I right okay and garbage hill podcasting network you can check them out I'm going to be on uh the take a seat podcast hosted by my buddy Chad who I've never really met before <laughs> I'm acting like we're old friends. Um, I'm going to be on his show. So listen to that. You can take your time now because you've got probably about a week or two 
to figure that shit out. I'm going on this Saturday, but I don't know when he puts his shows out. So you have a plenty of time to listen to Take a Seat Podcast on the Garbage Hill Podcasting Network, as well as iTunes, probably Stitcher. So be there or be square, if you know what I mean. And the Baby Mamas Podcast, check them out. A couple of nice lesbians that are married. They're on the same miserable fucking cum wagon as we are. And let me tell you, freeze-dried cum, it's expensive. Really expensive. You're just dumping millions and millions of dollars down the drain every year. Hope you're happy, assholes. Okay. Uh, so, yes, listen to the Baby Mamas podcast. You can leave them a review. You can listen to the Tangent Lounge, which is on this feed. If you scroll around, you find an episode that says the Tangent Lounge episode, whatever. Listen to that. You should really like the Tangent Lounge on Facebook. They are at the Tangent Lounge or at Tangent Lounge on Twitter. And I think they're the Tangent Lounge at gmail.com. If you want to write something for them, you can leave me an iTunes review review for them. You can leave a Tangent Lounge review for them on my iTunes feed if you'd like. I'm sure they'll get the point that it's for them when you write that it's for them. So feel free to do that. Uh, my old show, Return to Sender, you can go back there, listen to all kinds of funny stuff. I think we had pretty good chemistry when I wasn't ruining the last year of that show with my fat, boring face. And uh, yeah, so have a listen to that. You can you can hear me devolve from an angry, spiteful, relatively thin, still ugly lesbian to a boring, doughy... Uh, what's another word for boring? What's another synonym for boring? Bland. Ugh, I hate myself. Okay, so yada yada yada, leave me an iTunes review, don't be a bitch, and uh, I'll talk to you some other time. Bye.